Question. What's the best type of podcast, Josh? Um, I mean, I like to listen to like retro videos. False. Backlogs. Breakdowns. Really bad at brevity. It's a backlog breakdown. I love it. I who'd, agree. Who would, win in a, who would win in a fight between Corpse Paint Kirby and Sith Emperor Mickey? Oh, no. I was like, I, I was waiting for whatever you were going to say. Because like Kirby obviously would win against pretty much any. I mean, you know, like in Smash Brothers Ultimate, how everyone else died except Kirby. He got away because he's got the, the, the power star or whatever. But also he freaking eats his enemies. So like it's a Kirby for the win. But then Dark Lord Mickey. Let the hate flow through you. Exact I mean, he could just keep his distance and use his force lightning. Do it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> yeah. Um man. I that that would be a good fight. I want to see that fight. I want to see that I do, fight. I do I want to see that fight as well. <laughs> do you have an answer? I or, or that was just uh, no, I, I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought maybe you could lend some uh, knowledge, uh, like sort of bring some experience to bear, but uh, we are both stumped. Yeah, that's, that's a hard one. That's a difficult one. It's too much power. <laughs> yeah, man. So how, how's it going, Nate McKeever? Uh, it's going. Uh, you know, uh, I did it. Well, I had a thing done this Sunday Mm -hmm. Uh, for anybody who's been listening. I, uh, I was ordained this as a deacon within the Presbyterian church of America. Dude, that is awesome. Congratulations. Thanks bud. Uh, You know, it's uh, what that means as far as this podcast goes is I will probably be talking a lot more about responsibility (laughs) less about the games I I play. Um, no, but, but it's, it's good. Um, you know, I've, I've really been encouraged. And I mean, you guys in the bro Chacho chat have really just, uh, or the bro Chacho den have really been, uh, a significant, uh, encouragement and, uh, you know, uh, it, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's kind of spoopy. Uh, it's a little scary. <laughs> uh, it's a little intimidating. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, uh, but uh, yeah. So that's uh, my brother got baptized. Yeah, uh, this last Sunday too. Not at my church, at his okay. church. Um, so that's like for the McKeever boys. Uh, we just tearing it up, dude. Doing all sorts of uh growing and maturing and uh i'm i'm very proud of my brother so i don't know if he listens to this or not but uh luke uh i'm glad i'm i'm very proud of uh your decision uh so that's awesome i i'd i'd throw in some dig about how it took him so long to do it but whatever (laughs) yeah that's uh but how are you man how's uh how's school and them chillins and all the things that you got going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, there's, there's lots going on, lots of adulting lately. Um, but we're doing good. Uh, yeah. Kids are, kids are doing good. They're being kids. So, you know, they can be frustrating and annoying and awesome and hilarious and cute. And, uh, we, we did, you know, um, well, after this comes out of Valentine's day is already going to pass, but, um, 
We had a daddy-daughter dance that I took my two-year-old daughter to, um, and that that was fun. She was, like, super excited because she, she's one of the – I mean, she's, like, a, just a super outgoing person in general, but she doesn't care. Like, she sings and dances all day long at home anyways. Um, so it was actually kind of funny, her reactions. She was kind of just like, why is this music so loud, and why are there so many people here? Like, like she didn't realize that it was going to be such a – big loud event i guess um so we mm. we still had fun but it was it was kind of just like what's going on here like this isn't I, you know i i thought this was gonna be me and dad kind of a thing like to music that we to the frozen soundtrack um what is all this other stuff mm. that she's playing um although they did play uh a justin bieber song and she was like i want to dance to this which I thought was hilarious because we've never let her listen to Justin Bieber, but it was something about that song. She was just like, okay, now I'm ready kind of a thing. But I just thought it was funny. Uh, anyways, yeah, like I said, lots of adulting. Um, I mentioned it in the yeah. bro chacho chat, but uh, been recently starting the process of refinancing my mortgage, which is great. Um, we're looking for uh. a new car. Um, and we think we found it, but, um, it's kind of in limbo at the moment, which is a a whole interesting story that if I start talking about it, it'll Mm. take like 20 minutes. So, uh, throw that off till later, but you know, our family do do a bite-sized on your car hunt. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That would be great. Um, well, okay. Well, long story short is that we found this car, um, was able, we were able to talk him down um a decent amount like more than i was surprised because i'm not a negotiator and uh so then we get it inspect we get a mechanic out and and have it inspected there's a check engine light on and it doesn't go more than 20 miles an hour and apparently there was a recall on the engines of this car so it's like a nine-year-old car anyway it has like a hundred thousand miles on it um and there was a recall on the engine so now we're waiting because they sent it to the it's it's a different dealership. It was a used car. Uh, so they sent it to the original dealership to get it looked at. And so we're hoping that it qualifies for the recall because in that case, we get a car with a brand new engine. Um, that would be kind of cool at the price that you know we had negotiated. You, so, you haven't bought this, this no, car No, we have yet, not though, bought right? the car, no. It, you said it doesn't go more than 20 miles an hour? It's, it's because... So the way that the car... Um, so the car Is it powered by gerbils and no 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 it wouldn't go more than 20 <laughs> miles an hour because the check engine light it it the computer in the car uh, turned it into limp mode which basically these engines um apparently there there was a, a recall on the engine because of something that it does like a rod goes out in the engine and it hits up against something else in the engine um and when that happens when the car recognizes that 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 happens it goes into limp mode and so it does not allow you to go over 2000 RPMs. So it's, it's the car mm. telling you, get me to a mechanic right now because I don't want to damage my engine. So, um, yeah. So, so if it qualifies for this recall, I mean, if it doesn't, then psh, we're not going to buy the car, but if it does like, yeah, then, then it's a brand new engine in the car and you know, you pay the used car price. So. Anyways, Sweet. that was the that was the long story. So the, no bite size for me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but, Dude, that uh, did not take twenty minutes. And, and no, I, I was trying. Barely, to, I was it trying barely to took five. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, that's what people tune into uh, the backlog breakdown for is for 
stories in searching for used cars and um, me being a cheapskate. We're like car talk. (laughs) Yeah. Like a knockoff car talk. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Oh my goodness. I would be like the worst uh the worst host for a car podcast i'd just be like but what's it do how does it go i don't get it like you just push down on it and it goes right oil what's that um yeah no that's that's not i'm i'm definitely if it's any consolation i think my jeep has like a a small antifreeze coolant link leak yeah somewhere because it's like it's not it's not like it's dumping it out in tremendous at tremendous volumes Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, I know, like I had to top it off the other day and okay. I was like, I just filled this thing up like a month or two ago. Okay. And it's like, man, can, can you smell it when you stop the car? Not when I stop the car. Okay. Uh, when I pop the hood though, I thought I caught a whiff. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of like, I'm just going to like sort of ride it out through the winter if I can. Yeah. And, uh, cause I, I have to get it inspected in April. Okay. And okay. So at that point in time, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll just get it tuned up and taken care of. Nice. I'm saying that I'm not, I'm, I'm not a car guy at all, but I am definitely a cheapskate and I don't mind kind of like some DIY projects about a year or two ago. Um, the radiator, we found out had a crack in it, in our car. And, uh, so I tried a couple ways to like patch it up. So it would like you stop the car and you could smell that sweet smell. Um, mm-hmm. And, and eventually it would like, it would, it, the leak was really bad. So I tried fixing it and eventually I ended up replacing it. Turns out replacing a radiator is not that difficult, really. If you know what you're no, doing. it's like, it's not. So I had never done it before. I just watched some YouTube videos and I'm like, I could totally do that. And it's like less than a hundred bucks to replace the radiator itself. And then, you know, you just take a day and a day, it's not that long, but you know. I didn't know what I was doing, so I was real careful and, you know, real slow going through everything, but it really was not that difficult. So, um, I, I don't want to hear stuff a, like that. I hate working on cars. Okay. Okay. But I'm, I'm okay at it. Okay. I have actually changed out of transmission. Oh, oh my goodness. Yep. It was well. not super fun. <laughs> uh, it, I did not have a good time. My dad and I did that together. Okay. Uh, I can I can do quite a bit in an engine. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm not nice. awesome. I, I'm not mechanic grade. I'd rather just pay somebody else who knows what they're doing. Um yeah. That's I I know a little bit about Dang dude. Well well then you can you can host that podcast because I'm yeah. Nope. No, that's that's not me. That's it not would me be it would be the like the like, hey, how do we fix this? Uh take it to a mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean it was like, it was just my dad was, my, my parents are big into the do it yourself yeah. sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so my dad, it was like, he taught me all sorts of stuff. And it's like, here's the thing. If I wanted to, I could throw on some grubby clothes, crawl around under there. I'm pretty sure I could find that leak eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to sort of wait it out for a little bit. Um, I'm I'm going to, I'm well, I'm going to probably take a look at it and see if I can find it eventually. Um, but my thing is the 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 jeep only really gets driven back and forth to work okay yeah so it's like we took it out to my brother's the the other day but that was like there's for the most part it just goes back and forth to work yeah so i'm kind of like eh. keep it simple yeah yeah you can yeah you can hold anyways off. sweet okay so that's car talk uh thanks for listening uh if you have any no i'm just kidding 
So, uh, th- no, sounds good. We can roll on through to the backlog report. How's that sound? You yeah, got yours? You sure. ready? You got all the stuff, all the tons of games that you're going to be reporting on, because I got all my tons of games here. I'm glad you have tons of games, because, dude, I'm so boring. <laughs> uh, this last week, uh, just in prep for the last couple weeks, I... And I think this is going to sort of like, you know, I was even talking to somebody about this. I think this is really going to be, I think with the additional like duties mm-hmm. from uh, the diaconate and, and some of that stuff, I, I think like legitimately like a, a lot of my free time is going to go away. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. That's not a bad thing uh, at all. Um, but it is kind of discouraging. Uh, but uh persona 5 dude mm-hmm. like i've just been playing that i i booted up like my switch and i've i've been like eyeballing some stuff on sales um i did i don't know if i had mentioned this to you i did pick up the evil within oh, okay um, okay no on i did ps4 know that. when it was when it was on sale uh, a few weeks back mm-hmm. um so i have that sort of in the chamber ready to fire off when we, if we ever decide to come around and scare ourselves silly with that one. Nice. Um, so that's the potential, uh, spooktober, shocktober, uh, Halloween game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. Um, nice. Uh, yeah. Persona five. I do think I'm close to the end. I know I'm in the last dungeon. Okay. I think, well, mostly anyways, I think I'm mostly done. So, um, (laughs) I, I hope I'm done because I'm like <laughs> you're done. I hope you're I'm, done. You're done I'm with done. the game, so like, you want to be done with I, the game. I honestly think, yeah, I'm kind of like, like here's the thing. I think it's a really great game. I think it goes on for about forty hours too long. Yeah. Like I think there's a lot Oof. of stuff where they could just clean it up and tighten it up. Yeah, like then it's just like if you give me a really engaging hundred hours plus of gameplay, mm-hmm. like I'm all in. Uh, I think the gameplay's uh, the game's all right. The game's fine. The game's good, even mm-hmm. like I would. But I'm just kind of like, and and when I'm finally done, maybe the ending's just gonna like rock my face, uh-huh. and I'll be like, no, it's totally worth it. I'm gonna go back and play everything all over again. I'm gonna get platinum. It's not likely. Um, but I think I think I'm actually gonna like boot up. Um, I think sort of my approach is gonna be like one game at a time. Okay. So I okay. Th- think i'm gonna just like hop on over and pick up ori again and just sort of try to beat that get that done and i think my next ps4 game that i'd like to sort of like chew on for a while and i know we sort of talked about it but i've really been itching to play burnout okay okay kind of i kind of want to spool up uh burnout paradise and just run around and race things i don't know i might not do that for very long but i just i've kind of been like I just, I want to race. I want to yeah. go fast. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, well, I, I mean, uh, bro, I don't know if you know this, but 40 hours is a long time. I'm sorry, you just skated by that. You just said, oh, it's about 40 hours too long. That That is a huge commitment to make to a video game. And to say that that's too much from it, like, wow, that's that's kind of crazy. I, I just think, I I... I think that in a lot of ways it's just too long. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just think like the 90 hour, like the, they're like 90 hours to a hundred hours for a playthrough is 
entirely too long, <laughs> especially when that's just sort of like, I'm not really doing a ton of the extra stuff. Yeah. Like I'm pretty much like, I'm, it's ridiculous. I'm just ripping through it at this point in time. Now, I mean, I have been there. Well, and that's the thing. There isn't like a ton of extra stuff. Okay. There's not like a ton okay. of side quests that you can get lost in. It's like the time management stuff really is very constraining. And I'm like, this game, I, I really have enjoyed it. Yeah. But I'm I'm very much like at a point where I'm like, I want to be done. Like, I just want to be done. Like, there's a part of me that wants to go back and play it and with different the different love interests and everything else and like do all that crap. And, okay. But I'm just like, I don't care. Like I, I just like I'm like no, like, th- like the, there's like you know spoilers. I I no oh, no I'm playing it right did, now. What are you what are you talking about spoilers? I I well not spoilers okay. but like you know I made Anne mm-hmm. the love interest mm-hmm. yeah. and it's fine it's fun but I I actually there's another character that sort of shows up. Um, what is the other female that's available right from the beginning? Uh, uh, there's none right from the beginning. On's the only Makoto. One. Okay. Okay. She's just Makoto's, been introduced in my playthrough because I'm super, I'm still in the beginning of the game. Um, yeah, but you get to play, like she joins yeah, your party. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. She's yeah. another potential. Yeah, I didn't think it, but I was like, oh, like her, her love, like the, the max out, like, it's like, there's a part of me that like, so I maxed out my connection with Anne and her persona mm-hmm got like powered up and like turned into a super deluxe form. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So there's a part of me that wants to go back through and like do that with everybody. Yeah. And to play, and, but I'm like, I'm like, no, F no. Like yeah. pardon, <laughs> pardon even that like Chris, very christian cussing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, no, I will not. No. Yeah. Like it, there, there's a part of me that is like very much like, intrigued by a second playthrough mm-hmm. um especially with some of the other like romance options and stuff but i'm also like that's insane and no um so like i'm ready to be done with it and i'm still pretty interested in persona 5 royal okay but i think like there's a part of me that very much wanted to like hop on that steelbook because it's real pretty looking yeah. steelbook but I'm like, I'm just going to pump the brakes on that thing for a while. And I'm just going to wait till it goes on sale. And maybe then I'll pick it. Maybe. Yeah. Um, anyways. Nice. As, as far as game talk goes, that's, it's been Persona 5. And it's yeah. fun. But I, I'm just like, I'm I'm burnout. Like, and I'm just looking at it. And I think if we talk about it after I'm done, my the way it's looking right now, it's just going to be like, it was too long. Yeah. Um, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I'm not opposed, like I said, to dumping a hundred hours into a game. I've done it plenty of times, yeah. but I need to feel like that that hundred hours is legitimate, and I just I'm kind of like not there. Um, as far as reading goes, like the last couple of weeks have been sort of dogging it. I haven't kept up with my Bible reading nearly as much as I'd like okay. to. Uh, I wanted to sort of I want to use my Sundays as sort of a day to really sort of like kind of feast on the word mm-hmm. uh i did not yesterday i came home and i slept okay uh, okay <laughs> it was it was a long different day kind of rest um different kind of rest <laughs> um but i i've i've t- i've added uh my volume of the institutes to my bedside pile which is about two feet high okay. it's a literal pile of books <laughs> on my bedside table and it's about two two and a half feet high 
Um, but I added that to that and, uh, I, I plan on just inserting that into the rotation, but that's mostly been Anna Karenina. I read another oh, yeah. couple sections of that, but then, uh, my memorization sort of like took a bit of a hit, uh, over the last couple of weeks, there was a week that I hit like five days, six days. Okay. And then like last week I hit like two ish, maybe three. Um, and that's like, that's sort of using that versus app. It's like the five minutes a day sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I definitely want to be cleaning that up. Like those are the important things, like the reading and the memorization. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, like I said, there was a day last week where I played Persona for several hours, and that was it. Um, and everything else has sort of been like, I I have been playing chess on my phone. Yeah. So again, I and I'm getting trounced now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just like it's 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 really fun to sort of dip back into that. But yeah, yeah, uh, that's cool. So that is. Yeah, I I put a note on here just for for Persona Five. I was like Persona Five. I'm really close to the end. <laughs> dot dot dot. Ellipsis. I hope. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but yeah, it just sort of like trucking along. Um, so Sweet. I I did I did finish. I I did mention that I finished the second audio book, listening uh, in that Wing Feather Saga. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm still on the third one. Um, third ones, it's good. I like it. the The guy who reads the third one, because the the guy who read the first two, his his narration is excellent. The guy who yeah. reads the third one, is kind of like, yeah, okay. Um, but okay. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like it. Yeah, it's those are fun. Those are good. Uh, actually, quick plug, mm-hmm. quick recommendation. If you are at all interested in those books. Uh, they are doing re- like sort of like premium versions of the first two come out in March. Okay. March 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to be illustrated. They're really pretty hardcover. Um, they're available on Amazon for pre-order. So uh, if anybody listening has enjoyed those books, hop on it because that's going to be awesome. Okay. Anyways. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, my backlog report has gone on long enough. Um, <laughs> eh. No, that's fine. Go! Um, okay, so so for me, what have I been doing? So, uh, like I said, I've been doing a lot of adulting, so I actually haven't played that many video games, but, you know, because I like to ramble, I'll still talk. Um, so, you know, 20 minutes later, I'll be You have been playing. The, the, there is a game of note that I'm aware uh-huh. of that I think you need to comment uh-huh. on. That it must be it must be mentioned. Uh-huh. It, it it will I mean it, I mean, it must be. I think I think we're I think we're thinking of the same thing. Um since the last episode I actually have not even touched Persona 5, unfortunately. Um I've wanted to, but like because it's console gaming, I'm not able to do that until like my morning I, I try and wake up early and I try and be productive in the mornings. Uh, so I try not to touch very many, not to touch console games that take up all my focus. I can play, um, I can play my 3DS in between rounds of my, uh, strong lifts. <laughs> so I can get a tiny little bit of gaming time. If I'm on the elliptical, <laughs> I can, I can play 3DS. I love that so much, dude. If I don't. <laughs> I love that so much. If I don't have any reading to do for school, then I can play 3DS while I'm on the elliptical. But th- by and large, um, I can't really play very many video games, or I choose not to in the morning. 
during the day, obviously I'm working. And then at night, uh, is pretty much the only chance that I have. So if I'm tired, I go to sleep or I, you know, finish up stuff that I hadn't gotten done during the day or something like that. Anyways, haven't touched persona five. That's all that I'm trying to say. Um, I have been playing bravely second on and off. It's still a very charming game. Um, I am still way over leveled because it's really easy to over level in the game. And I'm, I'm really digging it. Um, once the challenge comes back up, I, I think it's going to like smack me over the face because I'm not really having to, um, do a, a lot of, uh, really, I, I don't have to use much strategy. Basically I can pull out the big guns for a little while and take down the, the bosses that I'm fighting right now. So, um, but it's still, yeah, it's very charming. The game is nice and light in terms of like the story and themes and stuff like that, the way that people talk to each other. So many jokes flying over everyone's head. It's it's a good time. It's a good time. And it's it's a nice chill game to play. Um, a game that is not so chill and that I have a lot of thoughts about that I finished up uh, over the weekend is uh, Nine Persons, Nine Hours, Nine Doors. Um, mm. so I, I had mentioned that I was playing this. It's a visual novel. Okay. That has some, uh, puzzle elements, these escape the room type segments. And, um, and I, I mentioned kind of the, the conceit of the game is you're stuck in this area with these nine other people. Um, you're trying to, to get through the, you know, basically go through these escape rooms and, uh, your lives are on the line. Like the game starts off and this dude explodes and it talks about, you know, kind of the entrails like spaghetti spilling out of his, his, uh, stomach area. Like it, 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 from the beginning of the game, it's just like, oh my goodness. Like this is, this is kind of intense. Um, so that sounds a little grim. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. I, I'm, I am morbidly <laughs> intrigued. Um, it, I will say, I will say it doesn't show anything like it shows blood up against walls and stuff like that. Um, it, it intentionally does not show anything overly grotesque. Um, so you're not going to see any, like the worst that it shows is like a body of a dead, of a deceased person with a pool of blood underneath it, you know, but it goes into description because it's a visual novel. It primarily uses words. And so it describes some scenes that are just, um, chilling. So anyways, it starts off and it like, if that doesn't rope you in, then I'm not sure that you're, you know, going to have a good time with the rest of the game. Um, cause it's just like the stakes are high immediately anyways. Uh, so nine, 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 it's this visual novel. It's, um, escape the room type segments. Uh, man, I have a lot of thoughts, but there's also a lot of spoilers. Um, so what I will say is that I did enjoy the game. The thing that the game does really well is that it is written well. The characters are written well. The game has multiple endings. It has six different endings, if I'm not mistaken. Most of them are bad endings. Um, but then there is the true ending. So I actually went through and I completed this game. Um, it's not going to show up as a, an, a platinum because um, it's a part of a two-pack of the second game. Um, but I finished everything that there is to do in it because each branching path provides more information about each of the characters like you are put in different situations with some of the other characters 
and they reveal more about their past and their motivations and things like that. And so it really incentivizes you to go back and take different routes so that you can learn more of the story, learn more of kind of the sp- the perspectives of the different characters. Um, and it actually requires you to replay. Like you cannot get the true ending your first playthrough of the game. It's not possible. Um, and it... it There are some story reasons that play into that, so it is actually pretty smartly done in the way that it it kind of leads you and kind of uh, teases you to continue to play the game and to go back and make different decisions. Um, So I think it is a very well-done game. It is very well-written. I'm not sure that the ending... The ending was a little unsatisfying to me um, because there are some pretty big plot holes Um, it does go off into like some crazy directions. Basically, you're not going to be able to guess the ending of this game just from playing it. Like there are some key pieces of information that there's no way that you're going to know until you actually kind of go along for the ride, which, you know, depending on your style, uh, might be a good thing or might be a bad thing. But if you're like trying to figure it out while you're playing, well, good luck with that. It's not going to happen. And so it might be a little unsatisfying when everything actually happens. Um, but it, it it is really interesting. Um, so, uh, anyways, yeah, that's nine nine nine. Um, I will say I went in with some pretty high expectations. It's like known as like one of the best visual novel type games, uh, and so I was slightly disappointed just by again some of the plot holes. But I do think it was a, a very solid experience and worth playing. So much so that I went and started the second game in the series this morning um, because, like, after, Hmm. you know, 15 hours of reading, I wanted to keep doing more. And and apparently there's some characters... Well, I know already. There are some characters that show up in the second game that were from the first game. I know that their stories are tied together, so I'm wondering if they tie up some of these loose ends in the second game. And there's also a third game now, and I'm just like, I I don't know. I don't know how, how far down this well I've gone. Because I already completed the first game, so why not play the second game? Um, so the the second game is Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward. And like I said, started that one up this morning. Um, started up another game. Uh, found a quite a good deal on Steam. $4 for Doom 2016. Mm. Um. Mm. And the the way this played out, oh, 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 I saw oh. this deal. I was like, okay, you know what? $4, I can't Doom. say no to that. Like, I've heard nothing but good things about this game. I'm not even that big on first-person shooters, but $4. I mean, you know, if I if I enjoy, if I get 30 minutes of enjoyment out of it, like, yeah, it was a good time. So I went ahead and bought it on Steam thinking, oh, I'm not going to, you know, it's going to be a while before I play this. And I, I think that's actually what my text message said to you. And then I decided to share it with the, the Discord um, group just because like, yeah, I mean, we've talked about Doom before. It's a, it's a good game. Rip and tear. <laughs> exactly. So uh, yesterday, get home in, in the evening. You know, I don't have that much going on. So I'm like, you know what? I got this on Steam. I want to just see, you know, how much my video card on my PC can handle. I'm not PC Master Race, but I have a decent video card. It's a, a, a 970. 
And so, you know, I just wanted to try it out and explain that to me like I'm eight years old. Um, well, the latest, at least I'm pretty sure that, um, I'm, uh, let's, let's pause for a minute. Was that not an office reference? What? No. What I just said to you? Oh, oh, explain to me. me, Explain this to me like I'm eight. Was it? Oh man, I'm sorry. I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm gonna look this up and then I'm going to shame you. Okay. I, I was like, I was like, I was like, I'm giving Josh a bone uh, here. Like, I'm like. It reminded me of a Parks and Rec. I, I'm pretty sure it was Parks and Rec where uh, Andy Dwyer. He's like, it's it's explain this to me like I'm five. Okay. I'm awful. Oh, I'm the worst. No, I mean, you're right there. It's only three years off. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That went right over my head like Drax. Um, well, actually, no, he would catch it. Never mind. Um, he would catch it. Nothing goes over his head. Uh, uh, anyways, I, I, I just like, I am so pumped that you're playing Doom, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Long story short, I wanted to test my, my PC and turned it to ultra settings and it runs nice and smooth like butter. It looks fantastic. I ended up playing through the entire first level just because I was having fun with it. I'm not a first person shooter guy. Um, but this is one of those. Are you? What's that? Mouse and key. I, no. I meant to actually ask you: mouse and no. keyboard or controller? I'm playing it with a Nintendo Switch Pro controller. Okay, that's Dude, how much of a I'm, I'm, loser I am. Legit, that game plays awesome on yeah. controller. Like, it's. Uh, I, I mean, I love the mess out of it on PS4. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, this yeah. is how like out of date I am on my first person shooters is that it reminded me of how I felt playing Halo back in the day when we would do like all nighters of Halo and Halo two. Um, just, I mean, because you're fighting space aliens, you know, you're a big dumb shooty guy shooting up the aliens and that's just what you do. Uh, and of course, in this case, they're like demon aliens from hell, which just makes it all the cooler that you're beating the snot out of them um but just the the fast pace of the game i could tell almost immediately like this this is one of those games that gets my blood pumping sort of like the dark souls or even like hollow knight how i've talked about like time goes by very quickly when you're playing it and it is not a good game to play right before you go to bed because you'll stay up and play more and that's kind of what happened you know i'm like i'll just test this out and then i ended up playing the entire first level and then i ended up playing the entire second level later um so i've played two levels in doom it makes me feel like i'm actually decent at first person shooters although these are only the first two levels so i'm sure i'm going to be complete garbage at the rest of the game but it's it's fun nah it's dude i i think like that game has a tremendous like learning curve okay like it really does i think a great job of pulling like like the game the the only sort of bottlenecks that i'll sort of throw out there are like when you actually start there's there's a few boss fights towards the end of the okay. game that i think are kind of trash but up until those like and even they're they're not that mm-hmm. bad they're just like very like for the rest for the rest of the gameplay they're like they there's kind of like these stutters um but Oh, dude, that game is so good, so good, and I mean, like it—it it is so good that uh, Megan and I were talking, and I actually said, like, the only game, like, looking at 
all the the stuff coming like like uh, I'm interested in in a lot of the mm-hmm. games that are coming out this year but I think like the more I think about it, Doom Eternal is like on my right. It's like the one game this year that I'm really like, yeah, I want that yeah, one. Except that it's coming out on Animal Crossing Day. So you have to get Animal Crossing first. And so like, you know, you'll wait until that's done and then Doom false. Eternal. <laughs> false, false, false. But the memes are great. You have to admit the memes are great. Um, Have you seen any of the crossover Doom Animal Crossing. Uh, I, if it if it is the Doom Marine killing the <laughs> inhabitants of Animal Crossing, no, I'm I'm all in. Uh, Animal Crossing, like uh, just quick aside, and and I've interrupted a lot, but quick aside, <laughs> Animal Crossing is not my mm-hmm. jam. Like I played it on GameCube, I was like, oh, this is neat. I don't need a real life sim. My life is yeah. already awful as is. I don't need to be mocked when I don't play this game with mm-hmm. like cobwebs in my fake my fake house i was like i i don't like this game i i i mean if you can't realize greatness that's not my fault that's uh you know whatever you want to do dude i'm a scrub <laughs> it's fine just kidding um no but yeah so so doom is a good time um as far as reading goes um i jumped to fiction again so you know i mentioned how i've been reading uh, listening to reading the um the star wars uh extended universe whatever non canon stuff yes exactly so i started up the the second book and i'm actually almost done with it um and man and also just to give a plug you were talking about the narrators um the way that these books are the the audiobooks are fantastic like the narrator does such a great job of his impressions of the different characters. Like each character has a voice. Um, Luke mm-hmm. is like fantastic. He's spot on. Han is pretty good. Is he whiny? Is it whiny Luke? Uh, no, no, it's not whiny Luke, but it is still like unsure of himself Luke. Um, but he just does mm-hmm. like a Mark Hamill impression and it just sounds really good. And And just the fact that he does like, change his voice for each of the characters and gives them just that much more character. It, it's really, but the, there's also like background sounds and stuff like that. I think they were reprise some roles because like C3PO sounds exactly like C3PO. Um, so I think there's a little bit of that too, but like, yeah, just sound effects and, and like the whirring of different machines and things like that. Occasional musical stings. Like it's a really good production of the book. Um, and it's just an unabridged like reading of it, so it's really good. Uh, oh, Timothy Zahn wrote those. Yes, yes. I, I have read other things by him. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at them on on Audible. Okay. Uh, nice or Zan. I think it is Zahn. At least they pronounce it Zahn in the um in the audiobook itself. But yeah, the second book is called Dark Force Rising, and uh. I'll just say, I mean, I'm I'm really enjoying them. Um, just a few little things that stick out to me is that they are not like super action packed, um, but what they re- they wrestle with kind of the aftermath of the you know episodes four, five, and six, and so like basically the the politics of of the new republic, and then also um, the remnants of the imperial army, and so. It, they do a very good job of like universe building and introducing new characters 
that come into contact based on you know the past events but also i mean it is centered around the main character like luke leia han uh lando plays a huge part in these books so in yeah the new characters that they bring in there's a new smuggler character that's really cool like it i am very impressed i'm enjoying it it's not what i thought it would be which i just figured it would be like a bunch of you know action sequences of wizards in space um but it's not space that. wizards yeah yeah it's it's not that there's actually kind of a macguffin that prevents uh force users from using the force um that plays a huge role in these books which it's like okay that's kind of dumb when you stop and think about it but like th- that makes sense like you're trying to kind of tame it so that jedi aren't it's not the use on it's not the use on vong is it the what I don't know what that is. There's, there's I used to read some of okay. these books. Okay. There's a um there's a sort of a, a story arc mm-hmm. in some of like the extended universe stuff where this alien race called the Yuzhan Vong, Yuzhan Vong. Okay. Come and and they're this weird like they absorb the force or like the force doesn't really work on them or something. it's weird. Uh, it's like, sounds so. really similar. So they're called the Islamari in these books, but yeah, they're, they're, they're animals, but yeah, they create basically mm. like holes in the force. So, um, you know, mm. at one point this person is like carrying one on her back so that the force can't be used against her. Um, or, you know, there's another character that lives in a forest where these, these animals live so yeah it, i mean it's it's real. it's kind of it's just a macguffin you know it's like but at the same time i'm glad because it, it then it doesn't have to go the direction that these newest movies went where like everyone is ridiculously powerful and there's no point in stopping them because they're the most powerful beings that have ever existed so anyways uh my thoughts on extended universe yeah the use on the use on vong uh they have an absence in the force okay so like the force can't be used against them there's there's a really neat like they the the gray jedi uh like the gray force users which is like basically the people who use but anyways uh sorry sorry man we we ought to do like a star wars thing (laughs) another one um we had to have the boys from Arrow for Error two hundred four or whatever hop back on the mic. That's right. You told me they're just, big on the extended universe. Universe. Th- stuff. We yeah. could just we could just get them on here and do like a Star Wars nerd out. Yeah, which would be kind of fun. That would be fun. I mean, I wouldn't know that much except for you know now what I'm reading. But yeah, I'm down. That sounds like fun. Um. Hmm. But yeah, that's, Anyways, that's what. It, sorry, sorry. Oh sorry. no, you're fine. Um, that's what I've been reading slash listening to. Um, I have not been. Uh, I've kind of fell off the horse in terms of uh, memorization, so that has not gone anywhere. Yay! How dare you? Yeah, I need to need to pick that back up. Ouch. Um, I was gonna do the the Driscoll. But okay, I thought. Even with Megan's earplugs, she might hear that, <laughs> and she loud. might not appreciate it. That's true. You, could, I mean, there's the there's the if you know if you don't have a thing with making fun of teenagers, there's the Greta Thunberg. How dare you? Oh, how dare <laughs> there's you? There's that too. But 
Um, you know, it's like, well, I dare because I'm not 12 <laughs> and I understand how the world works well, yeah, yeah, yeah. a yeah. little bit better than you. <laughs> yeah. Just a teensy bit. Anyways, uh, in the one sense, like I don't like, I, I am kind of just like, guys, she's, she's young, like quit picking on her. In another sense, I'm like, yeah, but she's also used as a shield and that's pretty messed up. So anyways, uh, yeah, that's about all the politics yeah. that we're going to be talking on this episode. Don't worry. Um, and that ends out our, uh, our backlog report. So thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> um, let's, let's leave that topic for now. I just want to get away. I need to escape this realm of politics. Um, so what should I do? Maybe, uh, no place. No, I th- no escapism. None. No escape. No. Escapism is not there allowed. Is no escape. That was, I'll tell you what, that was a, a very classic was it, a, it was a decent uh, attempt. That was a, that was, dude, that was like, that was A+. Oh, plus. Thank you. Oh. At least, at least strong A. Man. Like, it's it very good. Very good. I appreciated that. Um, yeah. So, escapism. Yes. And this, I think uh, we have to sort of give credit where credit is yes. due. We had, uh, there was a post- by Jonathan Hodrick, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, NTRG. And this sort of like fired up some things for us. And you reached out to him and he, and he never got back to you. And so um, I'm going to, if he ever ends up listening to this, I'm going to say, Jonathan, uh, we would love to have you hop on the mics with us and sort of chew the, maybe rehash this. But uh, since we weren't able to get a hold mm-hmm. of him, uh, I think at this point in time, like, you know, we should probably, this is, I, this is sort of, I, I feel like this is our wheelhouse in a lot of ways. Like, this is the kind of thing, like we, we, we handle topics, like we, we aren't afraid to like tackle stuff like this. And I think in a lot of ways, like we have touched on this to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is something that I think is good is a topic that I, I hope that we revisit from time to time. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. yeah. Did you have. I was just going to ask, did you have that original post handy? Yes, and and I did want to read it just like you said, credit where credit is due. This was kind of like the jumping off point. Um, I see this conversation going in lots of different directions, but this was the one, this was kind of like the spark that lit the flame. Um, So props to you, Jonathan. Um, And I'll just read this verbatim. He says, part of me wonders if the reason modern persona games, especially four and five are so popular because people in our generation are incredibly lonely. I played three, four and five at different points of my life, high school, college and adulthood. And I could not help but be convicted that they were proxies for the relationships I wasn't making an effort of making. By extension, I think that may be the reason modern fire emblem games, awakening and forward, especially three houses are so popular. So that was his original post. Uh, it didn't actually get much traction, which I'm kind of sad about. But at the same time, I didn't even reply to it. So you know, I, I you know, I'm right there with everyone else who didn't. Um, 
But that brought up a lot of, I, I just thought that was a fantastic question. And it brings up just kind of a broader idea of the way that we use um, entertainment in general. You know, that's kind of what we talk about. But but for the, the sake of this conversation, video games and um, how we use them and what they're for, I guess. And, and, you know, not that we can nail it down in the next, you know, hour or however long this conversation takes. Um, but primarily, whether or not something like this is healthy and to what extent um, it is healthy or useful. And, uh, you know, th- from this perspective, what he's talking about is relationships and our our how we relate to relationships and video games and relationships in real life. Um, but then I kind of stepped back and I was thinking in terms of how we use uh, video games as an escape. And this is something honestly that, that gets under my skin a little bit. And I like, I want some pushback. Okay. I'll say that up front is that um, there's a part of me because I've seen this so often is people will talk about video games as their escape. Like, you know, at the end of the day, I just want to push everything aside and play video games. Um, and there's a part of me that's like, that is not okay. Like, I don't, I enjoy the medium of video games and to put it in that box of like, well, at the end of the day, this is really just an escape from other things. That um, irks me in a way that's like, no, they actually are useful. There is actually something there. And that said, I get what you're getting at. It's a form of recreation, and I I get that. But at the same time, it, it just gets under my skin when people say, and, and like people who play video games, don't get me wrong, how they view it as just a form of escape. And so this idea of like escapism in general is just um, interesting to me, and I thought we could kind of talk about it and hash it out a little bit. Yeah, no, I think I think that's fine. Now, I do. I am going to offer up immediate pushback. Yes, um, I'm, if if you don't mind, I'm just going to push back a little. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk in my vulnerable voice. Um, there you go. No, okay. So here's the thing. Uh, I think, as a general rule, escapism sort of carries a negative connotation, right? To which a certain extent, I think, is merited, is warranted, especially in today's culture, but. I think there are benefits to escapism. Okay. So um, I'm going to, I pulled up some stuff and I may have to, but basically uh, escapism is you know, just sort of a, a working definition. Uh, escapism is the attempt to set aside negative thoughts or feelings by pursuing a diversion from reality. Um, mm. I think that is, uh, this is actually from gotquestions.org. Uh, okay. I looked up escapism on there. Nice. So, um, and but they they that's a fairly helpful and uh, interesting sort of article that they have there in response, and I will be referencing it later on. Uh, not all escapism is bad. Uh, I think okay. escapism, when utilized uh, in a healthy and responsible way, uh, actually can encourage creativity, can be refreshing, mm-hmm. can be educating. Um, so I, I would say like, uh, video games are sort of the purest distillation of escapism in a lot of ways, uh, because 
the bulk of them, especially the narrative heavy ones, like the ones that I tend to play, mm. the 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 story heavy stuff, uh, they are sort of pulling you into another world. I mean, we talk about immersion all the time. Uh, and in a sense, when you are sort of escaping into that that alter alternate reality, you are experiencing things that you would not natively experience. And so it does and it can uh, give you some additional perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, that's to a limited extent, that's a very artificial thing. Like, to, or not too limited, but in, in many ways, that's a very sort of artificial thing. But in the same way, like, I, I think like when you're reading a good book and you're reading from a, another character's perspective and you actually, like, sometimes we've noticed this, we've seen this. And, and I, I, I remember uh, reading about this years ago. Um, but like when you're reading a piece of fiction, especially when it's told from a certain character's perspective, we will find ourselves identifying with that character to a certain extent. Yeah. And this is actually helpful and good for us because it helps us to sort of step outside of the echo chamber of self that we live in. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and it helps actually cultivate empathy. Um, so I, I think in just sort of like a very cursory, like some escapism is good. Uh, it's when, and this is the problem that we have. Um, and this is the part like, because we, we've seen it. Uh, I, I may or may not, I worked for, at GameStop for a number of years. Mm. Um, when I first moved to the, the Johnstown, the town I live in now. And at first it was just sort of like something that I did to sort of kill some time. And then it actually turned into, I needed money like real money. And so it became something that I did to pay my bills. Okay. Uh, although rather unsuccessfully because it did Uh-oh. not pay super well. <laughs> and I, you know, uh, but. Uh, How much of your paycheck just went right back into the the games? Well, <laughs> I, I did buy a fair amount, when, but one of the, the perks at work for working at GameStop at that time was I was able to borrow games um okay so i just would check out a game that i wanted to check out and then if i wanted to do more than just check it out for a couple of days or however long i was allowed to have it uh i I, at that point in time i would buy it um and i think there was an employee discount or whatever um yeah but but uh and and i i actually felt like I need, and this is one of my big problems with just working in retail in general. Okay. And so I'm going to sort of like, you know, cards on the table. Uh, the American consumerist mentality makes me insane. Okay. Because w- w- like people just, w- we're constantly, we need more stuff. We need the next high. It's like, it is a drug culture and it is a, an addiction culture. And so what I noticed is there were people coming into GameStop to get their fix. It was like they always needed, Mm. it was always like the next game, the next game, the next hit. And it was like, I, at one point in time, I I looked at uh, a mentor or a friend. I can't remember exactly who I was having the conversation with. I probably had the conversation with several different people. (laughs) I said, I feel like a drug dealer. I said, because they're coming in and they're getting their hit. And in a literal way, like they're getting the game, they're playing it, they're blah, blah, and they get that dopamine hit. Yeah. You know, and then, and so it's like, I said like, and I'm not sure that I can be a party to that. Um, hmm. So, I mean, th- like I had like visceral 
visceral, uh, visceral reactions to some of that. And, and I'm just going to say to anybody who might be listening to this and who is sort of doing that, uh, if this has sort of like maybe pricked you in a way that you don't like, because you are using games to escape from, like, if you, if you are escape, I said, I'm a, I am a drug dealer, but I'm not dealing in pharmaceuticals. I'm dealing in escapism is what I used to say. Uh, and if you are you, like, and I, and I think this should go without saying almost, but uh, at, at the same time, it, it probably needs to be said. If you are playing video games in order to not have to deal with real life, stop, put them away now, get your life under control. Okay, and I'm not sitting here trying to beat you up and say like you know pull yourself by your well pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, but I'm saying like especially to the Christians who might be listening to this, mm-hmm. that is wildly inappropriate. Like there is no ground for that, none whatsoever, none. Um, like I'm I'm not trying to beat anybody up, okay, but life is hard. We all suffer from the fall, and. Just because life is hard does not mean you get a pass to sort of retreat into some sort of fantasy that is dangerous, that is poisonous, and that will kill you. Maybe not physically, although I'm sure it does have some sort of like health, <laughs> health, you know, like especially when all you're doing is eating Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew and, you know, playing games. But that being said, that being said, I, I do want to sort of come back and sort of say like, you know, that that's a very easy sort of mark to hit Yeah, because we see that all the time. I mean, like we have news stories about people who have spent marathon sessions in gaming cafes and died. Yeah. Like, like Google it. It's real. Mm-hmm. It happened. Yeah. Um, and I think more than once, um, like that that is like so biblically speaking i don't have a bunch of texts that i can pull up uh i did think of a i was thinking about this and i haven't since you brought up the topic i haven't but i think we are commanded to be in the world and not of the world mm-hmm. okay and i i think that pretty much is like the only verse that i need to sort of bring out like you know we are commanded to be in the world and that doesn't mean like i mean part of the problem with a lot of uh, some of the eschatological perspectives is that they tend to be very escapist. Um, don't get me wrong. Okay. I don't want to suffer. <laughs> like yeah. no one <laughs> does. But I, I, I think a lot of the premillennial uh, dispensationalist uh, positions, um, I have to go let my dogs in. Cool. Um, but a lot of those positions are rooted in a desire to not face judgment, to not face persecution, to not face problems, to not suffer. Hmm. Uh, that's that's just my sort of off the cuff, sort of, I could be totally misreading some things in there, but... Yeah, I do think that is actually a very helpful way to think about it. And funny enough, um, I do think that analogy of a drug is helpful to a certain extent. Now, and I mean, not even like, you know, you're talking about being a drug dealer. Like, I'm, I don't even mean, you know, like using cocaine, like it's a super dangerous thing. But I mean, a drug in the sense of like a painkiller, right? It's a numbing okay. agent. Um, 
if that is the way that you're using video games, that has always rubbed me the wrong way. And I've seen it in conversation where someone um, talks about like, oh, we all know, like, that's why we do this. Like, the, the kind of equating the reason behind playing video games is to, as a form of escape. And that just, again, as someone who enjoys the medium, I don't like being categorized as it purely being put in that category. Um, so now that we have I mean, gone, what's up? Well, can we, can we pause there for yeah. and just hang Like, so if we're talking about it as sort of a painkiller, as a numbing agent, that even t- to a certain extent, when painkillers are used appropriately yeah. are helpful mm-hmm. and beneficial. And so again, I'll sort of come back to that. I think sometimes games, especially when used in that capacity, can be helpful. They can give mm-hmm. us time to process. They can sort of give us some distance, even though it's artifi- like an artificial sort of the opportunity to step away from some things yeah. and give us time to process and deal with. So not entirely bad. Yes. You know, um, yeah. I, but, you know, again, it's sort of the problem in lives there and with like the abuse of- right of this yep and that yeah that's where i was going is that now that like i've thrown out kind of the extremes here let's find (laughs) let's find a middle ground um and and i agree with you i don't think uh, i guess the term has always rubbed me the wrong way i think it should i don't think of video games as an escape although there are times when i use it in that way of just like of like a de- a method of decompression, if that makes sense. Um, well, that it, I mean that broad that sort of broad brush categoriz- categorization does not do justice to the the the. It's dismissive and it's redu- reductive in an unhelpful way when people yes. are like, oh, it's just escape. <laughs> like even in my assessment, like mm-hmm. when I was at GameStop, I was being reductive and dismissive. Mm-hmm. Were there some people definitely like I, I can tell you, like I still remember some of those customers to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got like, frankly, what I think are horror stories about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we've all sort of, and I may have told this one, there was a particular customer. Uh, I won't mention his name, but he, he was living on a settlement. He had gotten some sort of legal settlement, had uh, like a, just a, we get a disbursement every month and he was living on that. And mm-hmm. he had children and he would come in and spend hundreds of dollars like once a month. Okay. And then two or three weeks later, when he needed to pay his bills, he'd come in and sell all the stuff he bought for a third of the price okay. and, or, you know, or less. Right. And yeah. it was like, it made me like, I remember one time going into the back of the store, going into the bathroom after I dealt with him and screaming into my fist and still being like, people heard me out in the, <laughs> the wow. store. Yeah. And I, because I was like, I was so like, I was one, he was obnoxious, but two, like, <laughs> it's just like the, the situation was just devastating to me. Mm. Like. You know, you've got this guy who has all these other responsibilities. You know, at the time I was single and didn't want to be. There's like, you know, there's a bunch of stuff there, right? Mm-hmm. But you've got this guy who is so committed to sort of like doping himself up and sort of like to mitigate 
the harsh realities that he had to face. Okay. Which, you know, he's kind of a deadbeat. You know, yeah. he was living on a settlement. And it it's not that he wasn't capable, it's that he did not want to. Like I'll I'll be perfectly I, I don't want to assume motive. Uh the fact is I heard him say that uh, okay. a few times. Yeah. So it's not like me being like, oh, like I'm just gonna assume he's a scumbag. Nah. When you hear it from the horse's mouth, <laughs> yeah, like you you can, um, and I don't, th- but, uh, and I I just I I can't imagine. A- anyways, so well, yeah, yeah. no, and I mean, like, it, especially where you were working. I mean, like, GameStop is the video game store, so like you saw some of those extreme cases, or what most people would consider extreme, and so. I guess where where I wanted to go is like, how does that affect the way that we play video games? Because I don't think that any of us would like outright say that, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. You know what I mean? Like that is an extreme case, but at the same time, I want to be able to recognize when I am pulled in that direction, if that makes sense. If I am using this um, Mm. in such a way that uh takes away from its main purpose. So it's no longer something that um help you know we we talk about that rest um ought to give us more energy to work better. You know, r- real rest is earned and um it's it's something that helps launch back into work. And so like to use this in such a way that instead of energizing us and, and giving us more like actually being a um being something that's productive like something that uh actually takes away from our ability to live life well (laughs) um so with that um i do think there's a balance i do think um because when you talk about escapism when you talk about entering into like trying to get away from the realities of life well yeah okay i will concede Every video game world is a made up world, right? You are entering into a a virtual reality and playing a game with different rules than the life that we live here on earth, okay? So yeah, in that sense it I just I still don't like calling it escapism, but it is um you are entering into something that is no longer reality. Um while at the same time, the way that I see it is that the purpose behind entering into this alternate reality um, is to see where that reality mirrors real life. And, you know, we don't have to go down this road too far, but I do think it has to do with people being made in the image of God. And so what we reflect are the truths of the world that God has made. Um, so I think there's something there, but I think that in so far as the, the games we play, the stories that we tell each other, so I'm 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 thinking in that sense um, that they uh, relate to real life. It allows us to enter into a simulated version of reality, which I would argue ought to make us better in actual reality. You know, it allows us to simulate um, something. Uh, a dilemma, let's say, um, and allows us to 
use our problem-solving skills in order to accomplish something um, that, you know, being put in a situation that we wouldn't in real life. So I think that there is something beneficial, that there is something positive in creating that. I mean, I think that's what stories do in general, right? Like Jesus himself used stories in order to teach. <laughs> that That was a simulated version of reality that he used, but it was so that we could relate to something that was going on in those stories and in, in order to teach us to be, to follow him. What was really, um, there was something very real at the core of those stories that carries over into our lives. So I think there is something positive about entering into a, a virtual form of reality. But I, th- I think that there's a balance Um, especially with this question that Jonathan had posed of like, are we using these? And he, he talked about relationships. Okay. So let's go there. Let's talk about relationships in video games. Um, let's talk about, you know, I don't like this term either, but the dating sim elements, um, in certain video games like persona or, uh, fire emblem. Let's, let's just go for persona because like, we're both playing a persona game right now. (laughs) Um, to what extent do you find that this is harmful? Because I think that that, I think even just the way that he phrased the question is like, is it because, do you think it's because that people are lonely that this has kind of caught on to have these simulated relationships in these video games? I mean, I, I definitely think there's at least some sort of angle to that. That's accurate. Like, I, I think that's not a, I don't want to sort of say like that is, I think, you know, I was particularly, I thought that his, because he said what he, he basically was very introspective in that. And he Mm -hmm. said, I think that, um, in a lot of ways I enjoyed these games as much as I did because I wasn't. Like and these, ge- I wasn't pursuing relationships with people the way I should have been. Yeah, and I was using these as a proxy for that. So I think like that's very astute. I think I think that yeah. that's accurate. Um, it can be accurate. Uh, I would also sort of say I think one some of the appeal uh, for me in playing these types of games is sort of having like there's like an idealized version of yeah. of life and sort of like. I mean, like, I'll be, I'll be real. Like in high school, I, I've been thinking a lot about high school lately okay. uh, and just like what a turd I was like, dude, it's been 20 <laughs> years, um, oh, yeah. 20, 25 years. Uh, and I just think like, there was so many, like uh, there's so much cringe as a, as a teen, uh, yeah. uh, as a teenager. Um, and just so many, like, just, so, I was such a selfish punk and, uh, but, uh, like you know, there's there's that part of me that like one of the things that appeals is like just to be able to go back and sort of just not be such a giant tool, yeah, is like and sort of like to vicariously re-experience like a high school. It's like it's been kind of like okay. man, like I like I like it's it and again it's an idealized version, right? Um, you know, so the, the, some of those that sort of like the able the the ability to sort of revisit, you know, high school and sort yeah. of 
sort of, you know, be popular and have it just be like, you know, I, I think in a, in a way it's like everybody's sort of dream in a lot of ways is to be able to sort of like give the right presence, hit the right sort of like dialogue cues and have yeah. people like us more. Yeah. No <laughs> like, kidding. That's yeah. a very fulfilling sort of loop. And it's one of the things that's sort of really engaging and kind of fun. Um, no, no, granted those, those relationships are, you know, again, they're proxies, they're empty. They're artificial. Yeah. But I think like in some ways, like that's, that's one of the appeals to me. It's like, just be able to go back and like, to be like the cool kid in high school. And like, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like, that's fun. That's fun to date, like the popular girl or whatever, you know, like, yeah, like, I'm I'm happy in my marriage. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying like oh, I'm, I'm dissatisfied and so you know, and and well frankly, I would say that if uh if a a virtual sort of dating sim-ish experience like the the relationship spectrum in Persona 5 is sort of interfering with your real life relationship with a spouse or a significant other, uh that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that should be a, a very clear indicator that there's some issues there. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to be dismissive or snub anyone. I'm just sort of saying like, I mean, we've all been there. We've all done things like that. I, I don't want to pretend like maybe not that exact scenario, but there have all, there have been times where it's sort of proxies have stood in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and damaged our our real life relationships mm-hmm. uh, and, and i'll but- I'll just interject here is that i I think this is this is seen a lot in because persona is kind of a crossover you know it is very like Japan anime centric so for any anime fans out there, the whole concept of like waifus is like taking this to the extreme so that's like the example. Oh. Dude, I just I read say. an article a few weeks ago that talked about how basically young people in Japan aren't having enough sex. Mm-hmm. Like that their their population is dropping off drastically uh-huh. because young people are not getting married and not having kids. Yeah. So let's let's follow that too. Again, not to go not to go too far in, into the extreme, um, but I I would say that you know like. Jonathan talked about loneliness in general. I would say from my vantage point, I think there's also something to be said about how uh, interactions between young people, I'm a millennial, so I would say my generation onward, how a lot of our interactions are done uh, virtually. You know, they are done through the medium of a text message as opposed to a phone call, as opposed to face-to-face. And so people get... um, I would say there's a lot more social anxiety because people aren't used to interacting face to face as much as they were in the past when like literally that's all you had. <laughs> but now mm. we have the convenience of waiting and thinking about what we're going to say and typing out a DM. Um, or we have the convenience of, you know, like agonizing over something over text message and waiting a few minutes to reply as opposed to having to be quick witted uh, in our, in our conversation. And, and like, mm. I say that, like, you're not, you don't start out that way. You're going to fail and you're going to be embarrassed. And that's why people are socially, uh, anxious. 
and and I would say even myself include I'm like I am saying I am one of those I was a homeschooled kid, okay guys? <laughs> I understand social anxiety <laughs> to a certain extent. I I understand like I have experienced it. I'm not saying like, you know, I'm I'm totally socially awkward, but I am saying like I I I think it is easier to interact over text message than it is face to face. That's what I'm saying. And so when yeah. you go for the easy way out, um, something like a video game, something like these dating sim elements in video games, especially with something like Persona, where let's face it, like, yeah, you start off as the outcast, but by the end of the game, you're the coolest thing in the world. You know, everyone's fallen for you. You like everyone wants to be your friend. You're the man. Um, and so it feels good to like, yeah, make these decisions and they don't have to be snap decisions. You can sit there and mm-hmm. agonize over a dialogue choice, or you can Google it and find out what the best dialogue choice is so that you can or max out if your you, character. If you don't like the results, you can load a previous save, yeah. come back yeah. and do it all over again. Exactly. And, and I mean, and dude, you well, get I was just re- say, rewarded for that. Yeah, that's fantasy, and that's like wish fulfillment. Yes, who hasn't had like a conversation where we're like, go back and like, uh, I wish I hadn't said that. Yes, <laughs> yeah, but I I want to sort of again back up a little bit because I think you mm-hmm. said something. You talked about how like in texting, and it's almost like the easy way out. Yeah, and I think just as much as like, and and you 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 did sort of mention this as well, but. Like we both work out a little bit now, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm down to like two times a week. I need it, a lot of it is I'm just having problems getting up in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's because I'm just not disciplined. Anyway, anyways, good. but the working out comes like the progress really only comes through failure um, mm. and through pushing past and through the difficulty. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't think there's some like grand extrapolation here that needs to be sort of like teased out or pulled out. But what I'm saying is like, even in looking at that sort of that, that, that example that you gave, uh, communicating through texting and we can, and uh, no, granted, I do think it's one of the things I I like about texting is I can think about what I'm going to say. I can take a minute sort of, and if I don't like the way I said something, I can rephrase it, I can edit it, you know, and then shoot it out. But at the same time, th- we've sort of, I th- I think, and I'm probably, like, I, I sort of fall right in between Gen X and Millennial. Okay, the, yeah. I, I like to think of myself more of, of as, as a Gen Xer, mm-hmm. um, but I don't really care either. I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I, like, was, I was shocked when I found out I was a Millennial because I was, you know, making Millennial jokes. And then I'm like, wait, it extends that far back? Oh, my goodness. And so anyways, it's like, oh no, I don't, I don't want <laughs> to be a part of this. <laughs> no, I'm part of the problem. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but I, I mean, it's some, my wife, Megan will sometimes say, you're a millennial. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> um, but I, I might be depending on the metric. But what, what I was going to say is like, I think like we, we live in a culture where failure, like we are, so, and like, I'm seeing it in what, whatever the one that follows is like they are completely removed. Whatever generation is following the millennials is pretty much they've Z. been completely removed from failure. Yeah. Like that has been eliminated. And because of that, they have no ability to overcome or thrive. Mm-hmm. 
and they just sort of like fall over. Like I'm, I'm not trying to be nasty and, and maybe I'm just sort of cartooning them and I'm probably like, you know, drawing a caricature and it, it's, I'm not being fair or whatever, but you know, you just see these kids just sort of like fall over mm-hmm. like them, like they, they hit failure and they're like, I can't do it. And that's, that's the end of the story for them yeah. because they're not being forced to push through. Right. Right. Or it's um, the, it's the end of the world, you know, like, because, yeah. because they failed and totally, I, I would say that this type of like escapism, okay. Just because that's what we call the episode. Uh, it breeds that, right? If yeah. you're used to only getting the best outcome, <laughs> you know, if you're if you're used to winning all the time, then yeah, failure is gonna is gonna sting all the more. Um, and and so like yeah, I, I I don't mean that to like point the finger at a separate group of people. I'm saying like, what are we doing now? What am I doing now? That's cultivating that in me, right? Am I setting myself up so that, um, so that I have expectations of what you know? In this case, a relationship would be. Um, again, I kind of cringe, mm. even though I enjoy, uh, I enjoy anime. Uh, I cringe at the idea of like waifus because it's like a freaking, you know, it's a it's a picture, bro. Uh, but anyways, um. You, you yeah, mean that when when you were a young man, you didn't cuddle up to a body pillow? <laughs> um, I didn't own a body pillow. I don't know what I'd do if I did have one, but <laughs> I can I can safely say no, I did not. Um, but it's also yeah, it's 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 idealizing. Um, you know, in the case of relationships too, you know, as someone who's been married for a little while now, ten years. Um, relationships are messy. Uh, it is boiled down to its simplest form in something like persona, uh, even with its complexities, like it does not capture, uh, the slightest, but it is, it is very much an idealized relationship in persona where you can say something and, you know, you can make a, a, a choice, a dialogue decision, and that ends up hanging out all day and you never get into fights or, and with, and when you do, it ends up working out in the end and your bond is stronger. Uh, like that is not real life. <laughs> so, um, now that said, I mean, I, I get that it's part of a story, but if you're, if that is, um, if you're creating this expectation that that is what a relationship ought to be, if that's, it's, if that's what you, um, are assuming that even, you know, in the case of marriage, the relationship that you are closest to, the relationship that you have pledged yourself, the one that you have pledged yourself to, the person that you love the most in the world, uh, doesn't work out anything close to that. <laughs> it is a lot harder than that, even though both of you uh, have pledged yourselves to each other. Um, there is much more uh, pain and difficulty in that relationship. So, um. Anyways, I, I'm not even sure how I got that far down the road. Um, but yeah. this idea of relationship... No, am I saying that relationships in video games are a bad thing? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that we ought to examine how it's affecting us and why we are drawn to these certain things. Is it causing you to compare, right? Um, are you... say? are you assuming that a real relationship shouldn't be as difficult as it is? 
um, based on your expectations of media portrayal. I'm not even saying just video games, but let's let's go a little a bit farther in media portrayal in general. Um, where where are you getting these ideas from? Um, you know, I I think it can have a, a detrimental effect. The other side of that coin, I will say, is that um, insofar as these kind of themes of relationships do reflect the real world, it gives you a different arena in which you can actually think through some of these these difficult areas that you can be put in. So some of the more complex relationships in video games um, help you to think through dilemmas before they actually happen in real life. Um, and I think that that can be beneficial uh, when you do have, yeah, just some more, some more of the complex kind of areas. I think, you know, because I'm thinking of Persona games, um, some of the things that I loved the most about Persona 3, which is my favorite game in the series, um, are some of the relationships that you form with the most damaged characters in the game. Um, there's a character in particular, uh, there's a man who's dying. And so you end up spending time with him and he eventually tells you like he's got some rare disease and he's going to die and you help him um, write a poem. And it, it ends up being kind of like underwhelming because he talks about, you know, like live life to the fullest because you're going to die or so. It, it, it ends up being a little trite, but I remember just that striking me very, um, it was very striking to see like a character wrestle with death in the middle of this game you're playing. Another character that really stuck out to me was this young kid, okay? You go to a, a park and she's playing on a swing by herself. And you talk to her, you know, she's like a middle schooler. And you talk to her and um, eventually after you create a bond with her and, and like, don't, it's not creepy. Um, but, you know, you're just kind of like, why are you here alone, whatever? And she's like, well, my dad's supposed to be here. And your, your dad eventually picks her up. But you create this bond with her and she starts telling you about the fights that her parents are getting in. And you basically get this picture of divorce from the perspective of a young girl. Um, and that one too, like really just kind of struck me like, whoa, they're actually going there in this video game. And so situations like that, I think can be beneficial again, to kind of think through in this area where you're not going to cause anyone else emotional damage by saying something stupid um but it actually can cause you to be more sympathetic to someone in that situation um hmm. so i guess to kind of wrap it all up I, I guess i do think where these simulated relationships overlap with real life um they can be beneficial well and and i think too an interesting sort of little like in a lot of ways, these give us sort of safe spaces to maybe play around within the simulation. Yeah. Like, and to, yeah, to, to experience this stuff without, uh, harming people in real life. That would, yeah. that would be a good thing. Um, <laughs> and again, like the, those simu, like these simulated relationships and interactions are, they're the more, it's sort of like, it's a mechanic more than anything. It's a gameplay hook. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean there there isn't some merit to some of that, and mm -hmm. I think too. Like I just I, I keep as we're we're talking about this, I keep thinking about the power of narrative, and how yeah. like narrative really and and story really does 
sort of pull us out of ourselves in, in a lot of ways. I do, I think there is a way to positively and negatively frame this. Yeah. Um, it is definitely like, you know, the thing is like, let's be honest, video games, especially like in, in these types of scenarios, uh, I think it's very easy for them to, for, for this, these, these games to lend themselves to abuse. Mm-hmm. Because they sort of do offer up a bit of a fix, like they they give you like you can feel socially fulfilled. Yeah, but I, I do think like honestly, like sort of saying like, well, in a lot of ways, it, it gives us the ability to maybe experiment in these uh, arenas a little bit and and try try avenues and, and approaches that maybe wouldn't normally we wouldn't be normally inclined to. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of times when I play, I am not playing Persona Five the way I would, like if I lived in that world and that was my reality. Yeah. The way that I play that game and the decisions I make do not reflect how Nate would do that. Yeah. It is yeah. rather it is my sort of my interpretation of the protagonist and what his actions and his, uh, you know. And so, in a way, I'm sort of stepping. And now, you can't completely remove because I am ultimately the one making those decisions. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think to well, anyways, I I wanted to, um, and you, you brought up the article or pre-show, I think, yes. but yeah. the Kotaku article mm-hmm. on the woman, like basically interacting with her deceased child, and. I I read this and I think I'm I'm not going to quote but the 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 way that the, the I read the article last night or yesterday and the guy basically said it doesn't matter sort of any which way you look at it this is extremely effed up I think is what he <laughs> oh, wrote wow. in the article um is it was sort of like the closing thought and uh I don't know like I have mixed thoughts about this now no, obviously because we're we're christians we have a probably a very different perspective on death and mm-hmm. um sort of the consequences and and how the afterlife in general is going to work but man i read that and i kind of my heart hurt for that woman yeah and that like and, and well one I, i'm just gonna like and i think he was talking more about the fact that this thing was televised this was part of like a television show sort of thing yes. that they were doing in japan and i think that's really what the author was commenting on uh as far as just the being messed up um and i it, it, to that to that extent i'm like yeah that's kind of weird and creepy that uh they sort of threw this in there as part of this program. Yeah. Uh, uh, that just feels like really kind of exploitive, uh, exploitative and gross and kind of creepy. Um, but I think, and, and I, I definitely think for me, just even sort of thinking about this really falls on the negative side of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that, that simulation of like, I I just can't help, and I could be <clears throat> I could be very wrong in my evaluation, but I'm not sure how that that is helpful, right? Uh, to that mother, um, it reminds me of, like the Black Mirror, yeah. Thing um, <laughs> there was that episode of Black Mirror where like you could get like this weird 
it was like basically like a an android of your spouse yes, or whatever. Yes, I did see that. And uh huh. And it was uh-huh. I didn't even watch all of that one okay. because I was just like I was like this is weird, and I just I don't know I I get it saying goodbye is hard, mm-hmm. but to me that just felt like really kind of. I I couldn't put my finger on what bothered me the most about it, but it just felt like I know I know it's hard to say goodbye. I know it is. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Grant, like Megan's grandmother passed away uh, this last year, mm-hmm. and Graham had been part of our part of our relationship. Like her grandmother was among like like when Megan started introducing me to her family, her grandmother was one of the first people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, you know, and it, it didn't impact me the way it did Megan, but it was just like, it's hard. It was hard to say goodbye. Yeah. It is. There are times like I actually deliver mail, uh, on the route. Like I, I, her her great uncle still lives in that house, and so like I deliver mail to that house once or twice a week. Okay, and sometimes when I see Graham's name on a piece of mail, it is difficult. It is, and I'm like, man, I I do miss her. Like not the mm-hmm. way that my wife does, or that you know, uh, her her children do, or even her grandchildren do. But it's like, man, that that woman for many years was a part of my life on a regular basis, and now there is a bit of a hole there, yeah. and. But I'm not sure that a simulation is appropriate or good or going to help mitigate any of that hurt. Yeah. It just sort of, it almost seems like in some ways it prolongs it. it I, I don't know. It, it might prolong the process because now the temptation is, you know, this thing exists. So maybe, maybe just come back to it. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like what, what, what are your thoughts on that, Josh? Cause like I said, oh, I, I'm just kind of like, <laughs> it leaves me feeling a little skeevy. And right. I know this is sort of, but it, like, this is a, this is sort of a, a, a branching out of it. Like this is a, a sort of another expression of escapism because in this, in this virtual reality, the mother is escaping, you know, the, the harsh reality that her child is no longer with us. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So it, it, I mean, it, with this story, I'm, it, it is not only, um, well, okay. We started off by talking about how we can use video games as a drug. This is a way of completely, um, shunning reality in favor of what you would rather have. This is a way to avoid accepting what has happened, the harsh realities of life. I don't say that to minimize um, what this woman has gone through. I can't imagine losing a child, especially a young child. Um, But to to me, I, I would say that this even like, it profanes the relationship that she did have with her child. I mean, I understand that there's a, there's a sense in which she wants to have some sort of experience that's, that's similar to what she had with her daughter. But at the same time, um, it's not her daughter. (laughs) 
this is a this is a VR um simulation. Um it's well did you did you watch any did you watch any of the video or anything? Not very I I saw a couple clips but you know in passing I didn't actually did, watch the entire thing. She had like the haptic gloves on right. and she was like touching I was like that Her is hair, yeah. That is terrifying. Yeah. I, I, I there is something about that that just skeeved me out and maybe i'm just a prude and a weirdo well it it reminds me of uh like these shows and you know i say this with a grain of salt because all of that could have just been faked you know what i mean like all of that could have just been an actress whatever um and i think most reality tv is is staged anyway but that's a whole other conversation but i see shows like um uh the the shows about like mediums and stuff like that where someone goes and, and like, you know, this person passed away and I don't know what's going on and I wish that they would just tell me, blah, 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 blah. And I think it's the same deal. I mean, I don't I don't mean to get too like super spiritual, but I think it's the same longing in the heart of the person that is the reason why you go to someone that you assume is talking with dead people and that there's a way that you can contact someone after they're dead. Um, I think it's, I think that's, that's what they're kind of reaching at with this VR simulation of, so it's, so it's almost like a modern form of necromancy, right? You're trying Mm. to, um, bring back Mm. this idea of a dead person. And I think there's also this element of, uh, of idealization as well. Cause you know, would you bring back that person's temper? Of course not. No, you're going to bring back the best times that you've had with them. So there's, there's a lot wrapped up to, up into it, but I agree with you. I do believe that it's unhealthy. Um, I, I, I can't really see much good coming from it. Um, because I, I don't see, I don't see how that that would provide you any sort of acceptance or any sort of closure of the relationship. Yeah. I, I would only see how it would be a delusion of what you once had. Um, and a, and a poor one at that because it's, it's not that person. And you know, like even you brought up that episode of black mirror, even that like downloaded its conscious, you know, the person's consciousness and memories and things like that. So even that's closer, but it's still off because it's an Android. Um, in this case, you're not bringing back the person you're bringing back some form of memory of them that you had. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot wrapped up into that, but I, I don't see how any of that is healthy. Um, I I would say it allows someone to wallow in their delusion. Um, and you know, sorry if I'm too harsh, but I think that's an extreme form of, of this escapism that we're talking about. Well, I think like, this is like, sort of like the very, like, this is the sort of like the darkest sort of side where someone is so like the person who would seek this out. Okay, now, from what I understand, it was sort of presented to this woman as an option. Okay. But the kind of person who would seek something like this out, like, re- like, and, and honestly, I think anybody who's especially sort of within the throes of grief, recent mm-hmm. grief, mm-hmm. like, who's going to turn down an opportunity to see their loved one again? Most of us wouldn't. Yeah. Like, let's, let's, but 
like what this I think presents is is fairly terrifying because it's then it yeah it does sort of allow you to live in a state sort of that ignores the reality of the, that loss. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Uh, but it's like to me, I look at like like I would look at that as sort of like if we're sort of looking at whereas like okay like let's just say like persona 5 is kind of like weed in in you know it's a bit of it's okay. it's it's mostly mostly harmless you know you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just but it's 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 fairly it's a fairly mild experience or it, it might you know it might be something um you know, but then you have something like, like that. I look at that VR experience and like, to me, that's like the black tar heroin of yeah. <laughs> escapism, uh, via, uh, virtual reality type mm-hmm. scenarios. Like that, that's like black tar heroin. That's like, that is just straight poison, um, that will ruin you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's not to say that these people are beyond help or by any means, but it's just saying like, like I just, there's a lot of, if there are, are any benefits, I think they are few and far between. And it just, to me, the dangers are much more present, uh, and readily sort of, uh, observable read, like it's, it's much easier to observe that, uh, the, the dangers than it is, uh, the, the potential good that it might do. Yeah. Um, but I want to come back to, and I opened up with that, that definition of, uh, definition of a uh, I'm talking super great <laughs> mm. hey Logan words are hard uh, what is escapism coming back to uh, gotquestions.org mm-hmm. uh, I I think there, there, there are some points here uh, just sort of not read over the whole thing but maybe point out a couple things Uh one of the things said here is in a broad sense, virtually all forms of entertainment could be considered types of escape escapism. Uh, People naturally tire of focusing directly on the heavy burdens of life, such as a job, health concerns, chores, taxes, family obligations, to-do lists, and so forth. Recreation in general helps a person temporarily escape from the mental and spiritual weight of those issues. Uh, when someone reads a book, watches a movie, participates in sports, listens to favorite music, daydreams, or indulges in a hobby, he or she is taking a break from less pleasant aspects of reality. And I was like, oh, "That's good." And I think too, sort of like referencing uh, Ecclesiastes was Ecclesiastes when it talks about the different seasons and different requirements that those seasons like there's a time for planting there's a time for sowing there's a time for war there's a time for peace there's a time for singing there's a time for mourning. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I think like, you know, when we look at that, that sort of that basic framework, there are times where this is good and appropriate. Yeah. Um, and, and I think sort of even pushing back a little bit more, uh, I really do think, uh, I, 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 I think the, and again, I'm not trying to, to push anybody into Sabbatarianism. Okay. Mm-hmm. What I am saying is I think that the prescriptive model, like if you look at the model of six days of work, one day of rest, that rest needs to be sort of on like this, this, this recreation, this, this sort of engaging in recreation needs to be on sort of the minimal side. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 
the best rest is is well earned. Um, if you go uh, to gotquestions.org and just search for escapism, this will come up. Uh, yeah, you know, it. it I think it's a, a fairly balanced. Um, talks about uh, appropriate recreation and refreshment, um, and but it also points out and so, gives gives some proofs that uh, say okay, like you know, warns against uh, excess, wasting our time, uh, you know, neglecting our duties and obligations, uh, and. And just like, you know, uh, hurting ourselves and or other people through this. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, and how like, those are sort of like the, the, the flags that we need at at, at that, we need to reevaluate at the, at those points in time. But I, I I did want to just sort of recommend that, you know, anybody who might be interested in sort of jumping off into some other stuff here. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, like I said, it, this this is this is a topic that is so very easily um, framed negative negatively. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I did, did. want to come, but well, no, I'm I, I just kidding. We I'm just did. kidding. No, I mean, no, no, dude, what you were saying? I, I'm I'm the one who introduced it as as a drug. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I I think just like you know, and I and I will come back to it. It's like uh, the. The sort of the the further fleshing of that. Sometimes painkillers, when used appropriately, are actually beneficial. Yeah, uh, they give you as an individual the opportunity to heal more yeah. appropriately and to function in a way uh, that you know allows you to. Uh, well, they you know I have I have a friend uh, in particular that I'm thinking of has a chronic back condition. Okay, and her condition is basically is pain management now. Mm. And that's really what it is. And so with the appropriate use of painkillers, she is able to live a fairly productive life. Um, And yeah. And I just think like, it's not bad. Like, are there dangers in that? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, you know, I I think most of all, I, I just, you know, I, I come back to that very strongly worded sort of warning or caution that I threw out and said, like, listen, like, if this is taking, like, if you are not developing relationships with people in your church and people in your community and the people around you, um, if you are using this to sort of uh, avoid the, the the harsh realities of life, of paying bills and growing up and de- making hard decisions and disciplining yourself... Well then, by all means, stop. Yeah, stop now. Like, stop. Um, and 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 know that you're not alone. You know, mm-hmm. we have all gone through seasons where, uh, you know, because this is this is the consequence of the fall. Like things are hard when they ought not to be. Yeah, and because things are hard, we we sort of we all like in in some ways Christianity is is a is is a religion of escape. You know, we cling to the gospel in an attempt to escape the coming wrath, the coming judgment. Um mm-hmm. so there there's in a way uh mm-hmm. but I I would just say you, you know, um let, let let us be wise. Um let us be discerning and yeah. uh, let us look for opportunities to cultivate 
the fruits of the spirit, you know, uh, and I'm, I might miss one or two here, you know, but love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, and if, you know, playing Persona 5 or whatever helps cultivate a little bit of that or gives you some space to sort of like take a break off, you know, that's fine. Or whatever game you're playing, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and there are, there are other times like, dude, like I, I love Doom. Mm-hmm. And Doom is does not have calming effects. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to like go knock stuff down. And so some, and that's, that's fine. That's good too. That's a different type of escapism, um, which, which, which can be beneficial and, and has its own merits. But, you know, I, I, I did, you know, just want to sort of, you know, double back and sort of, again, you know, Jonathan, if you, you hear this and maybe we'll tag you, Maybe maybe I'll I'll drop this yeah, one in TRG idea. proper and tag him and just say hey you know we used your post as a jumping off point and uh, but uh, yeah. yeah yeah I you know thanks so much for asking that question and and for that moment of just confession where you said like no I think looking back these are some of the problems I, I was trying to not deal with uh, that is a very mature and a wise take, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate your your willingness to sort of wade into those waters, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, it was good stuff. And it's funny you brought up Doom, just because that's what I was thinking too. The irony that I talked about at the beginning of the episode, playing Doom and getting caught up in it, and how much I enjoyed it, is not lost on me now that we've talked about <laughs> escapism. <laughs> um, because, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, Doom doesn't have very many redeeming qualities in the sense of, like, you know, you're going to be a better person after you play this game. No. Um, it is a power fantasy, and it is something, you know, you're building Twitch reflexes, and it's, yeah, it's 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 different. So, like I said, the irony is not lost on me. Um that that's punishing a whole other... evil though, but punishing evil and chainsawing demons exactly is the, you rad. know I thought about that and and that's very true. Like if you want to go down this, you know, I, I think this is kind of a bottom of the barrel kind of a thing. But really, uh, it's it's like a it's like um Tarantino did this with a couple of his movies where when you make the bad guys Nazis or do you make the bad guys racists? Oh, it is so easy to root for the good guy. And, and when he guns down the bad guys, like it feels so good because like, obviously they deserve that in this game. You are literally mowing down demons from hell. How cool is that? Like, yeah, it doesn't matter what, like rip and tear brother, like destroy them. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, so anyways, I, I did just want to, you know, say that I, I, I get, you know, if you want to call me a hypocrite, then cool. We can have a separate discussion about uh, Doom after I'm done playing it and sort of, you know, what some of the qualities in that game are. Um, but I think also just a final thought, just something that popped into my head as I was thinking through these things is kind of this idea, and C.S. Lewis has, has made it popular, of the fact that our um, ambitions and our uh, our tastes are too... Uh, it's not that we the the mud pies versus the holiday exactly it's not that Mm. what we desire is too strong what we desire in these video games is is too strong we really want these types of relationships it's that our idea of what a relationship is is weak 
And we don't want the true relationships. Our, our, um, our desires are too weak because we're too easily satisfied with video game relationships as opposed to really what we were created for to be in relationship first and foremost with God, but then also with our fellow man um, and, you know, with our spouse as well. We're two married dudes, and so we talk about that a lot. But, but with people in general, we are called, we're not called to be hermits. We are called to live in community. Obviously, they're, you know, they're, if you're a missionary, I, I get why you would feel alone in that. But I'm saying, by and large, um, you were created to live in community with other people. And uh, insofar as video games can help you cultivate that desire for being in real relationships, awesome. I think that's the best way to use these types of elements in video games. I think it's the same thing with social media in general. If you're using social media to connect with other people and to bolster your real life relationships, I think that's the healthiest way that you can use it. But if you're using it as a, as a shield so that you don't have to actually interact with people um, and it actually causes you to despise people more, then, then you ought to rethink mm. as a Christian, you ought to rethink um, what you're using that for. Dude, that's such a good word, man. Like, I just want to give you like, like, man, like, Hmm. You've given me something to sort of like chew on here and how I Uh-oh. engage in social media. Just, I'm not saying that I'm like, I throw up the, the shield or anything, mm-hmm. but it's like, man, like, that's good. Like, so I've been, I've been sort of trying to reevaluate my social media mm-hmm. presence use. I think that's a, I, I like that, Josh. Oh. Thanks, man. Well, thank you for the encouragement. Hopefully this has encouraged all of you listeners as well. We weren't too, uh, you know, negative. I, we do really want to make these episodes just to call us higher, you know, and, and that is a good thing. Sometimes it stings, even as, you know, I talk about it um, in the ways that I use, you know, social media, video games, things like that. Um, the way that I feel sorry for myself if I haven't played a game in a few days. You know, that's pretty childish. Um, but hopefully this has been encouraging to you. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to, you know, share in the encouragement or if you have any other thoughts, like, is there something we missed? Yeah, of course there is. Um, but you know, if you want us to further this conversation, then reach out and there's tons of ways that you can do that. Um, on Twitter, our handle is at BB downcast. You can email us at the backlog breakdown at gmail.com. We have our Facebook group, the hashtag backlog book club. We've got a discord server that uh, just, you know, contact us and we'll get you a link to that because I'm not sure how to make those permanent. Um, And if you do want to reach out to each of us personally, there's tons of ways you can do that. PSN, Switch, Twitter, Facebook, GG, all that fun stuff. On on those, I generally go by Broccolope. That's B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E. And Nate goes by... Nate underscore McKeever. Nice. So... Because I'm super duper original. On point, on brand. Only the most original. (laughs) Yeah, and if you like... Oh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, when I I set up my account for that chess, chess Uh chess.org or chess.com app or whatever it is, um, I tried to get Nate underscore McKeever and they wouldn't let me use the underscore. Oh. So mad. I was so mad. Uh, So I'm just Nate McKeever. Come Stupid. on. 
stupid chess. Um, nice. <laughs> anyway, sorry, didn't mean to derail. No, that's okay. I was just going to remind everyone, if you like what we do and you want to support us, there's also a few ways that you can do that. Rate, review, uh, hopefully you're subscribed to the podcast. Um, All those things kind of help us out. But some of the big things that help us out is just sharing us with your friends. We'd love to get more people in on the conversations that we have here. Um, So if you you know tell a friend if you like what we do, that'd be great. Uh, and then if you want to support us financially, we do also have a Patreon that, you know, you can think of as like a little tip jar that if you liked this for any reason, you can throw a quarter into the tip jar as you walk on by. But even if you Word. don't, we still love you. Yeah, no, I mean, like we, we are glad to have anyone and everyone sort of hop hop in the conversation. It's true. It's true. All right, dude. Um, I guess just to reiterate, you know, since February's closing in on us here, uh, by the time this drops next month in March, we are going to be playing Resident Evil 2 together, the remake. Resident Evil. Yes, that one. Uh, I'm stoked. Uh, I kind of forgot that when I started two new games this weekend, but, you know, uh, Resident Evil 2. It'll be a good time. I really... I was really hoping to be like done with Persona Five and into <laughs> some other stuff, um, and I, like, like there's a like I have a fistful of JRPGs in my list, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna pick like one or two of these, that? and it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like because I do definitely want to tackle. I, I'd like to tackle Octopath, but mm. I feel like. Um, <laughs> You don't have a spare hundred and twenty hours. <laughs> well, the thing no, is I with that, it's it. that's different. That's so. that's portable, um, and I can take it with me. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, man, I I really have been kind of itching to get back into Breath of the Wild. Mm. Um, like I kind of it's a good itch. <sighs> yeah, I have. I still have feelings like that game would be so much better with a hookshot. Mm-hmm. Don't at me, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh you know like i said there's been that itch for some burnout like i just really i want to do some racing and some takedowns and even though i'm bad at it it'll be fun um so i'm thinking that's sort of there's so many things where i'm like so many games uh want to play uh yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I like it. It's true, man. I mean, I'm always reminded of new games, you know, something that we didn't talk about. We talked about pre-show. If you're a patron, then you can listen to what we talked about. Um, but we did mention how the wonderful 101 is getting a remaster. And so mm-hmm. like, there's some buzz about that. And I'm like, oh man, that was such a good game. I should play that game again. D- dude, there are so many good games in so little time. Like seriously, I, you know, I made a list of 20 games I wanted to play this year. And I'm like, can I add another like 40? Because these are all <laughs> so good. I mean, like Doom just popped up out of nowhere and like I'm having a good time oh. with that. So uh, it's hard, man. It's hard to stay the course. <laughs> but no, it, it, it'll be good. So Resident Evil 2, uh, all of us, you know, all of us, whoever wants to join us in March for the, since Resident Evil 3 is coming out in April. And then later on in the year, we've got our Bioshock Tober. So um, for anyone who's, well, no, I, I won't call you guys this. I'm a turd. I've started so many times. I want to finally finish it. So I'm definitely looking forward to that 
as well. Um, but, but that's what we've got going on in the group. I was just going to say, like, we've we've got uh, an interesting sort of couple of months lined up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking for, like, I am I'm stoked to come back to Bioshock. That I'll probably, I am. Oh, I I really like that game. So that, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Resident Evil Two. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of like I'm a little nervous because okay, I'm easily <laughs> like um. Too spoopy. You've seen you've seen the the video of me screaming while I was playing Resident mm-hmm. Evil Seven in VR. Like, I'm a bit of a chicken, so <laughs> which is weird because Dead Space is like one of my favorites. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, and that one can get that one can get really freaky. Um, super I mean, creepy. I, I haven't heard that. Well, I mean, I guess I just hadn't heard it about it in general, but I haven't heard like that. The Resident Evil 2 remake is super scary. So, I mean, I I think of like Resident Evil 4 as opposed to Resident Evil 7, but I could be wrong. We'll see. I don't know. Hmm. Well, might, I'm looking forward to it. I I enjoy I mean, I pants. I might <laughs> spoop myself. <laughs> I spooped my pants. I spooped in my pants. Oh man. Well, we just we went there. We yeah. went Sorry. there. Um man gross <laughs> yuck <laughs> um man hmm. well i think uh at this point in time josh we have sort of lost the plot we're done and our minds we're done and yeah we've we've probably like if anybody's still listening yay mm-hmm. for you yeah um but you made it until next time josh what should they do you guys uh keep beating down your backlogs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits good night that right. do it <laughs>